Hello and welcome to Stock Talk, a podcast series which brings together livestock specialists, vets and farmers to give you the tools you need to improve your business and embrace the future. Stock Talk is presented by myself, Robert Ramsey, and produced by Kirsten Blackwood as part of the Farm Advisory Service in association with the Scottish Government. Hello and welcome to this episode of Stock Talk. Today we're focusing on a pretty contentious subject, a real challenge for many of us across the industry, and that's a, the subject of livestock worrying. A, something that really is a most farmers' worst nightmare is dogs, particularly in, in amongst a sheep flocks, but also does affect cattle and other species as well. But certainly the the risk or the threat, the worry of dog attacks is is pretty constant and, and a, a real worry. And I think for, for me, it's knowing what to do in the event of a dog attack. And for that, we're really lucky today to have, I suppose we've got a bit of a celebrity on today as well, that we have a Cami Wilson from the Sheep Game, who I'm sure most of you all know. Um, Cami obviously is a very influential in the industry now and, and does a lot of good a good publicity for the whole industry, but also has a has a, a dark past as a, a police officer as well. So brings an awful lot to the table there as well. So hello to you, Cami. How are things going? Hi Robert. Um, it's it's good to be here. And yeah, I think it's a good yeah, I'm excited to talk about this one and, and just uh, come at it from a different angle. Yeah, no, it's good. So before we get into the, the meaty stuff, what's been on, what's on in your life at the moment, what's happening? Well, just back in from a day's shearing there, we are getting near the end of August now, so hopefully we're, we're nearly finished shearing lambs. I think maybe you've got some I'm supposed to have done I'm as well. You're coming to mind soon anyway. Yes, I hopefully at the end of this week, we, we might get them pinged off, we'll, we'll discuss that after the podcast. But yeah, no, shearing and quite excitingly, the breeding sales are kicking off as well, which, you know, I just... I suppose I love the social side of it and just, I don't know, there's something just quite enjoyable about seeing sheep at their absolute best getting sold through the ring. I feel enjoy going to these sales. Yeah, that's nice. And you see those mule uh, ewe lambs and gimmers going through here this week or, or last week and, you know, there's not much of a better sight, to be fair. You know, it's a real... Um, example of what the industry is all about isn't it oh yeah and uh, yeah we can do meal you lambs we can do them down in Ayrshire that's for sure um there's some some big strong lambs through there and usually well last year I think that was about the dearest sale in the country for you lambs but I I mean sheep in general is in quite a good spot when the rest of farming you know I, I, and actually you're quite good at this too because I listen to these podcasts you do say it you're, you're not afraid to say that farming is pretty good to know you know, you can make it, and sheep especially for me, I don't know about any other aspects of farming, and as you know, I don't know anything about cows or arable side of things, or dairy, but I know sheep's in quite a good spot now, so there is still a good buzz about the markets, despite the impending doom, if you like, that seems to be all the chat with regards to cost of living crisis and recession and whatnot. Yeah, and there are it's horrendous what what is on the horizon for our consumers, you know, what's the general public have got um, it's pretty scary winter looking at it but as as you say Cami farming you know it's maybe not, it, it might not feel great sometimes but we really are in a pretty privileged position you know we've we have land we have stock we have options um, and that's for me that's the message and, and at the moment as you say that the industry's rumbling along fairly well there are sectors doing better than others certainly sheep sheep and dairy are probably the two um, that would be the kind of highlights, but the uh, yeah, the industry's fine. The, the, I think the easiest, the best place to go to find somebody who 
who would argue against that is to ask a farmer at a market. <laughs> you know, uh, you don't have to go far to find somebody that tells you that we're doomed, but the same person has been saying we're doomed for the last 40 years. So um, I think yeah. we're going to be okay. Yeah. No, um, well, I don't, yeah, you never know what's going to happen in the future. And as a worry, you know, lamb has, lamb is probably now one of these kind of luxury products. Well, I think, I think, you know, it's fairly safe. Uh, fair to say at the price of it as well it's probably quite a luxury product and as things do get a bit tighter in households is it going to affect our lamb i don't know we probably export enough of it and there's probably a strong enough market there just now added to the fact that there seems to be less of it less of it being produced and more people want you know the population grows and the number of farmers declines and I think that the thing I'm hearing loud and clear now is the, the climate story is really getting in gear and there's a lot of parts of the world and a lot of parts of Britain where lamb production, you know, grass growth is nothing like the option it used to be. You know, the, the climate is affecting what we do and in our part of the world in, in southwest Scotland and, and in most of Scotland, the climate's actually becoming, or certainly in, in recent years, the weather has been more on more on our side than ever. Oh, like I joke about this all summer, but Ayrshire is going to be like the last haven of farming. <laughs> the way this global warming's going, We'd, I could see us being like the the Santa Monica, the California of the world, of the celebs wanting just to come here just to see what a blade of grass looks like. Um, but no, I, I, I'm definitely not going to be moaning this winter about wet winters um, after seeing how bad some people have had it this summer, like down south. I mean, I mean, even still now coming towards September there's people on my instagram feed still out with bales of hay every day because and and i saw them one posting this morning still no rain forecast into next week mm -hmm. like it's getting pretty desperate in terms of getting some cover back for winter grazing you know it needs to start happening now or, or there's gonna be nothing there for the winter either yeah yeah so I, I am also aware, we could, I'm sure we could talk about the uh, general agriculture all day, all night, and probably all, all of tomorrow as well, but we should, for people who've tuned in who, to to listen to stories about dogs, we should really get on to that. So I think, Cammy, you and I are probably both in a pretty similar position. My, my farm, we've got a bit of a honeypot, we've got a, you know, a significant, or a, a hill that a lot of people come and walk up. Um so we've got a lot of traffic, we've got a lot of, a lot of uh, walkers through us all the time. And then your farm, do you want to maybe explain your situation, uh, certainly in and around Kilmarnock? Yeah, so no, you're bang on there, actually. Yours is every bit as troublesome. Um, in fact, you'll probably see more footfall than myself. But where I am, or rather it's a farm that I rent uh, ground from, is directly next to a golf course. Um, so there's a public... Go uh, yeah, publicly owned community golf course, 18 holes, right that borders the farm. And alongside that, there's a, a wood that's also part of the farm, but there's lots of walking trails in it. And it's a fantastic wood. It's really nice, great place to walk your dog and, and exercise. And, you know, people use it all the time. But the issue with that is you're just so close to civilization. You know, there's people, the golf course is a great place to walk the dog, especially as a part of it is used as a, a foot golf there used to be an old nine hole course on it so it was a nine hole and an 18 hole course they now use a nine hole for the foot golf so that's kind of rougher stuff so you know loads of people walk dogs on there and that directly borders fields that i use for my sheep and the same with the woods they all border where i keep my sheep um different times of the year and and that comes with it the problems that 
you know, people get into the golf course, nice open space, they're away now from the busy roads and whatnot, dog off the lead, let it run about, it, they can quite easily come over into the field as we've had issue with and same in the woods, you know, get into the woods, we're away from the roads now, let a dog off the lead to have a wee run about, oh, there's a sheep through there, quite easy over, or, you know, the fences aren't, um, they'll never get stop a dog that wants to get through, there's always a wee gap, so yeah, quite easy into the field and off the go, and then usually running close behind them as a hysterical dog owner in an absolute panic, um, as is often the case. So that's that's kind of my setup. It's an interesting one because, you know, just when you raise that about the historical dog owner, it's a, you know, livestock worrying is a crime and, and rightly so. It's a, you know, it's a massive impact on, on property and animal welfare. But most of the time, the vast majority of the time, the perpetrator, the, the criminal is a really innocent, apologetic, really sorry, really, um, emotional person you know this wasn't meant to happen yeah absolutely and you know i've been i've started changing my tack on the whole thing which is why we are, we're now speaking about this to be and, and as you know you saw the video i did talking more about pushing towards educating the farmer about what to do rather than try to educate the public because take a maybe it's a, a pessimistic way to look at it or a, a realistic way to look at it but most people whose dogs attack sheep are adamant that their dog wouldn't do it because if they thought they would they wouldn't have them off the lead near sheep so someone who's adamant that their dog you know you can call it ignorance and it is to a degree of course it is but they're adamant their dog wouldn't do that so when they hear a message saying don't have your dog your dog will chase sheep you know don't have your dog off the lead in the countryside it'll chase sheep or livestock they think no my dog it wouldn't do that it always comes back when i call it it's so well behaved but as we know having been victim of these attacks you know once the the blood, you know, the lust is up in the dogs, you know, they get that hunting uh, instinct and they are gone. Like, that, you're never caught, those people anyway are never calling them back. And you know even how hard it is starting a young collie dog, you know, you need a big rope on it to start with to learn it to stop and come back to you because once they get started chasing sheep, they'll just chase them till they're exhausted. And it's the exact same instinct. So my big thing is, like, yeah, they brought out this new legislation where the maximum penalties are a one-year imprisonment and I believe it's a £50,000 fine uh, is the other maximum. But to me, let's say, you know, make up a figure, 90% of the people who do it are someone's mum, someone's dad, you know, brother, sister, whatever. And, you know, time <laughs> we touched on it already, times are tough. I don't really want to see somebody getting a, a massive fine that, that cripples them for a genuine mistake. You know, and the one-year imprisonment thing like that, I can't see unless it's someone who's specifically out hunt, hunting sheep with their dogs. I, I don't see that ever, or, or some sort of repeat offender. I don't see that ever being put in place. It's like, and for me, it's not really a deterrent either, because if people think it's never going to happen, it's not them. It would never be them. They don't even think about what the penalty is. The, you know, it means nothing to them because it won't be them. So really, what you're left with now is we've increased this penalty. But it would just be a punishment. Gen generally, you're, as you said there, you sort of, in quotes, you know, criminal, someone that's made a, a genuine mistake. And, you know, they'll be as traumatised as any anyone about it. And I, I'd rather see, yeah, if there's damage done to livestock, the farmer puts in his compensate, you know, it's listed in the criminal case. I lost £10,000 of livestock here. If You know, if it's a bad go, 
he lost £10,000 of livestock here. Right, that's the fee. You repay that 10000 And I would like to see, and, and this sometimes happens when I worked in the police, we had a few instances of vandalism. I always remember a great one, actually, was a, a young boy's, a wee tangent here, but it, it applies to the same kind of thing. A couple of young boys from uh, one of the universities in Glasgow. Smart young lads, steaming drunk, come home, and there was a Skoda garage, and they just ran over the top of the cars uh, on their way back to their accommodation. 18-year-old boys, and we got them, and because we could follow them, the cameras back into their block, and we got them identified via the school, no bother. But the damage had came to something like 30 grand because they dented every bo- every roof they jumped on. So we pulled these boys up and then floods of tears straight away. Can just daft boys, first time out in the big city, you know, they'd moved from wherever. They were actually starting to be doctors as well. Um, and floods of tears. And we said to them, right, listen, you're getting charged with this. But we spoke to the garage owner. If the damage is fixed, we'll pass that on to the procurator fiscal. And what happened was one of them had a wealthy father. He phoned up the next day and paid for the damage there and then. But that's not for us to decide that that's the end of it. We still have to report it. But we just put the report into the procurator fiscal saying this was the crime was committed. These are the boys that did it. Here's the evidence. But they've paid for it. It was a, 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 it was a stupid thing they've done. They've paid for it. So use that as, it's not quite exculpated evidence, but it's, it's um, you know, additional circumstances that y- you put to the court and no court in its right mind is going to say, at a time when things are stretched as it is, you know, I'll be waiting two years to deal with the, the dog thing that we'll get on to talking about, but no court's going to look at that and say, no, I still want to prosecute these young lads. You know, so that was just scored out, no further proceedings done. And I wouldn't mind seeing something like that done, and I'm sure it maybe has done in the past. I don't know of any examples, but I would love to see that as an option for a dog worrying thing. Yes, the people still need to get charged because it's not for the police to decide. Um, you know, if a crime's been committed, we need to report it regardless of these other circumstances but if we say at the court right there's five thousand pounds of damage there the farmer has come to us and said this person has paid for the damages and wants no further proceedings write it off at that and and then it's a serious life lesson for this person who sh- purely by the fact that they've went to the effort to pay pay this and sort this out as soon as they possibly could shows their character there's no need to proceed with any criminal conviction. That's that's the way I would like to see it dealt with. It would be interesting to know what the father, what the ramifications were for the kid aye, after the father had paid that bill. Yes, I bet he get die. Aye, the poor yeah. lad, like, but yeah, maybe better the procurator fiscal doesn't, doesn't get too involved in that as aye, well. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, I think, just touching on what you something something you said earlier about engaging with the public. So. Do you know, I think there's a there's a real need to put signage up. There's a need to you know try and do what we can. But as farmers, you know, we've you look at the good work that Rhett are doing to try and teach kids and teach teachers where food comes from, what it's all about. Our consumers are now so detached from what we do that they don't. You know, in general, I'm, I'm generalising, but there's a lot of people don't don't know where their food comes from and also don't understand the value and the emotion that's attached to our stock, you know, our, our flocks of ewes are worth, they're worth a lot of money, but they're also worth, you know, you're proud of them. And the day there's a dog worrying attack, you're not looking at that thinking about the money, you know, you're looking at that thinking about lives and waste, you know, and, and what a, you know, what a terrible welfare issue that's on the go that engaging to, I thought I would agree with you, Cammy, as, as farmers, 
trying to engage with all of the people who might be on your farm it's an impossible task you know we're, we're destined to fail but i think it's about finding the right process so when it happens if it happens hopefully it doesn't happen to, to most or to, to all hopefully it doesn't happen again but it will uh, across farms across the country what do we do so what what is the before we get our blood up before we get you know adrenaline going what is the process we should go through and i think the story your your video that you've done and the story you've got i think it's probably worth going through that and maybe talk us through the video or talk us through what happened that day uh, and we can certainly in this we can signpost that video um i don't think you do too much swearing and i think it's okay so i think it's fairly no, safe not, for work so that, i think we can signpost it yeah um, uh, there's actually zero um aye, zero, zero swearing in it uh no i keep we keep feeling like i've had a lot of comments about how cam um i keep so yeah t- i suppose to, to start it was this incident that we're about to talk about this totally changed my perspective of you know before it was like I put videos out, try to speak to the public, you know, and say, you know, please keep your dog in the lead in this. Now I've changed tack and actually I'm just speaking to farmers and saying, here's what we should do. The incident you're talking about there, um, with a chap who I now know is is well known in the this the scheme that he lives in. Uh he's he alleges to be a dog trainer, but he has five or six of these massive, I would call them hunting dogs. Um, I'm, I don't know all the breeds, but you know they're big German Shepherd type, um, type dogs. The kind of thing you know, if it barked at you, you'd you'd be frightened. Um, so I was out. He'd actually been causing an issue for a while in the woods, and, and the landowner had made me aware of it. And I said to him, "Listen, next time uh, there's an issue, because a lot of deer in the woods, and he's using these dogs to hunt the deer." in the woods uh, but the deer are too agile for these dogs but he just thinks it's a big game so the landowner made me aware and and i said right well next time he's there obviously the police background i said next time he's there let me know i'll have i'll speak to him and i you know i want to get some footage of him because if they're chasing deer just now they'll, they'll be chasing sheep soon so and i again goes back to the policing thing i suppose like for me whenever you dealt with a case so towards the end of my career I was in CID and we did a lot of serious crime and stuff when you deal with a crime there's always three what do I say three versions of the story as a way or, or there's always two versions of the story I suppose you don't always get CCTV but there's always two, there's a victim's version which is quite often you know due to uh, sheer adrenaline and shock and the high intensity of, of the situations that are often part of being in a serious crime are either exaggerated or important bits missed out or you know someone could have been wearing this but actually they were wearing that there's their version there's the suspect's version of what actually happened which is of course as you can imagine can often be uh, quite far away <laughs> away from reality and then in the middle there's there's cctv um if you're lucky there's cctv or video footage i should say which um although we live in 2022 and you know we can watch avengers going to mars and all that kind of stuff generally speaking it it, it won't be altered it'll be accurate you know so the, the the camera doesn't lie if you like so part of my thing with dealing with this guy i wanted to go and see him and, and get this video footage and have a recording 
and get as many of his dogs as I could in film. So it's like a message I'm now pushing to, to the farmers. And that day I got a phone call, this guy's in the woods, right? No worries. Uh, so let's say this was the first, in fact, it was the first of April this year. So that's fine. I go over on the bike, I head over to where uh, roughly he is in the woods. And sure enough, as I'm going along the field, heading for another point, I see a deer busting out of the trees just up to the left. So I drive up there thinking, well, that makes sense. That's probably where it is. And I hear dogs barking and, you know, it sounds like a, there used to be a fox hunt on the farm where I uh, stay. They used to like send about 80 hounds out and it sounded something similar to that. Them all barking and baying at this deer. So anyway, drive up to the fence line. Sure enough, the dogs are all at the fence line. And to be fair, and I said this in the video, you know, uh, they didn't come through the fence after the deer. Um, they'd stopped at the fence line. Anyway, I get the phone out uh, and I... I I do say this to, this is my big message to farmers is rather than, and I'm not saying every farmer would do this, but I know there are some farmers who would be straight over there effing and blinding, uh, directly challenging uh, the chap because farmers, especially, you know, male farmers can quite often be quite big, strong, confident guys who know that they can handle themselves if need be, if this guy, you know, they're almost wanting to provoke him into something, um, so they go up there effing and blinding it just becomes a big shouting match and there's no crime being committed the guy goes away and all you're left with is you know you're you might feel a wee bit better or it's nice to get the blood flowing it's quite a good you know that wee rush you get from the adrenaline but nothing nothing's gained out of it at all if anything you've maybe i'm not saying this is the way to think but you know you don't know this person you don't know his associates you don't know what they're capable of and if you're on a farm and they're on your farm they know where you stay you know they know where your sheds are and all this and you know let's make it an easy life but one thing that scares these tough guys is a camera in their face like it's amazing the reaction to people when you put a camera in their face you know all of a sudden they totally change their change your change your tune and uh, react differently so i just approached the chap i brought the camera out of the phone wasn't hiding it in any way right in his face just holding it and if, for anyone that's seen the video footage i remain i remain calm and i merely explained to him that i'm evidence gathering my exact well or more or less uh, verbatim is i was evidence gathering because at some point one of these dogs here and he had about six or seven and i got them all in the footage one of these dogs here will attack my sheep and with luck I'll get a hold of the dog and then I'll be able to look back at this footage and say that dog belongs to that man there and here's good footage of his face his voice uh, and we're you know this interaction so I did that he said all the key phrases I mean it was a perfect video perfect video he said all the key things he said right to Rome I've got a right to Rome he said these dogs wouldn't chase sheep these dogs are all trained dogs. Um, and as I said, I, I've since found it is alleged to be a dog trainer, but these dogs are all trained. I've got control of these dogs. All those key things uh, th that you hear all the time whenever you speak, then farmers will be able to relate to that totally whenever they've approached people either on their land or certainly very close. So that interaction finished, not a crossword from me. I got my video footage. I was quite happy. I hoped that that would be enough to put them off. And in a lot of cases, it would. You know, any person that now knows somebody's got video footage of them, 
would maybe think, right, let's go somewhere, you know, let's go for an easier target, somewhere where we don't get any hassle or nobody approaches us. But that that wasn't the case. And I'm sure it was either the first or second of May, it was almost almost bang on a month later. I got a phone call from my mum who stays on the farm. There's a, a dog chasing the sheep. And I think my first thought is this guy, but we've had it happen so many times before it could have been any dog. So I go tearing, I wasn't too far away, 10, 15 minutes away, I go tearing over there. I phone the police straight away. It's the first thing I do. So before doing anything, phone the police. Because as we know, the police, it takes time to get the police. That's a 999 call, straight on to 999. It's an ongoing crime. Uh, I phone 999, head straight there. I tell them what's happening, ongoing dog attack at, at this location. And then I head straight there. Uh, by the time I get there, one of the neighbours, there's a, a sort of wee row of houses, one of the neighbours had been out and managed to get a hold of the dog. And as soon as I saw the dog, I knew it was that guy's dog. As soon as I saw it, it, it just the, the, it was one of the ones that was running wild. And actually, I had a bark at Meg, my sheepdog, at the time in that video. So I quickly pulls up my phone. And as I said before, perfect evidence gathering. I review back to this video that I'd taken. Bang! There's the dog there. So I now have the I have the dog in my hands. We've thankfully we've got two witnesses: my mother and this chap in the village. But regardless, we've got a hold of the dog. Is evidence enough? The fact you have hold of the dog, and I can say that dog belongs to this chap here. Here's me warning them: this will be happening, and with luck, while I'm. Uh, then making a video a new a fresh video of this dog I say luck but uh, I see sheep running in another field further away and I think oh there's another dog out and as I look over here's this guy walking across the field with another dog off the lead just sauntering through the field obviously looking for his dog that I now have now he can't see me from where I was at this point so I think right jumping the pick up now my blood is up at this point I, I mean I'm not going to pretend I wasn't absolutely steaming mad I was absolutely like I was shaking with the, with the adrenaline of it all I tell mum to keep a hold of the dog and I jump in the pickup and I horse it over to, to where I'd seen him and he sees me coming he turns and starts walking away at, at pace and as I approach him again I bring the phone out and start filming and now this video hasn't been seen because it has now been used in a, a hopefully it becomes a court case but certainly a, a he's been charged and I approached the chap and I, I, I don't I don't swear to be fair I keep, I keep but I'm I'm probably more confrontational than I should have been um, you know I can sit here and say you know don't get angry and do this but I was absolutely steaming mad um, about the whole thing because some of my ewes were heavy and lamb like it was in the field with my late lammers so like at this point it's May so you can imagine how heavy and lamb they were it's the last I think there was about six or seven left to lamb in the field. So I'm absolutely steaming mad. I go up, I do get in his face a bit. I don't touch him or anything, but I do get in his face a bit and and point out the fact that he's a clown and that I told him this would happen. And he just smug, spouts a lot of nonsense. And then there's a whole thing. It'll actually be quite entertaining when he's watch if when I get it out because I then have to chase him for about 40 minutes. He's on a push bike with five other dogs pulling them. There's a whole thing that goes on. Camera ran out of battery. I was like, my legs are about to collapse because, you know, I wasn't very, I'm not as fit as I used to be. And I was just constantly on the phone to the police 
and thankfully, eventually, the, the police... It was the most awkward thing, though. It was quite entertaining uh, from this point because I'm in the front of the police right behind him. So whenever I say, at this point, he was heading towards a bit called Holmes Road. So I go, ah, he's heading towards Holmes Road. He would just take a left into the woods and be like, all right. <laughs> the lot way to say now, it's like, well, I can't really tell you because if I see where he's going, he'll go somewhere else. So we literally did laps of the woods for ages because he knew the police wouldn't come in. And eventually, I think he was starting to get tired. And I never laid hands on him. Um, you know, I never laid hands on him. Just, you know, I probably could have because he was trying to flee from a crime scene. I probably could have. But I just think that's a last resort, especially when he's got five dogs with him. You know, I always say, look after yourself first. Don't, you know, we can get this guy another day. Don't don't get a sore face over it or get involved in something that could get you into bother. But I knew I was fit enough to keep chasing him, so that was a luxury I had, and I just followed him. To eventually, the police came, and then we had all this video footage, and and it made this. To me, it's a perfect case. Um, and one great thing about dog attacks is if you get the dog, and it and folk go mental about the fact, and I don't like it either. But the people get the dog back, so this guy gets his dog back. At the end of it, but that in itself is a great bit of evidence because to get that dog back. He has to say, yes, that's my dog. You know, the police don't just go, mate, here's a dog. They go and say, is this your dog? And he has to say, yes, that's my dog. Well, that's, that is, like, you'll hardly get a better piece of evidence. Because he could say, oh, that's no my, you know, he could say, he could say, oh, that's no my dog. Right, that's fine. He doesn't get a dog back. So that's a kind of win for you. And then you've got other evidence. But if he says, oh, yeah, that is my dog. I want it back. <laughs> perfect perfect evidence yeah. it's like and a, also you know, it, it must be one of the only bits of evidence that's actually really pleased to see the person arrive you know tail wagging definitely that you know <laughs> my, my dog responds more to me than anyone else yeah yeah um, exactly yeah, exactly so um, from that i mean i just hope it, it's good to hear it's going through a process i know it's a it's a long process but hopefully you can get that guy certainly i've seen the first video and it, it's certainly somebody that's absolutely on the wrong and and it would be nice to see some form of prosecution or something happening to 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 deal with that or to, or to try and deal with that but i think from what you're saying there cami there's there's a few points so first of all 999 is okay so if that if you've got a dog worrying attack on the go or a, a dog attack on the go it's an absolutely legitimate 999 there's there's no other option for it and that's that's where we need to go the next bit is when we then go, move into the firearms world as well. So for those, there's probably less guns on farms now than there used to be, but there still are a lot of shotguns about and things. And for, you know, for good reason, when you when you hear stories like these as well, where do we stand? So what what are we, at what point are you allowed to shoot a dog? And oh, absolutely. First, for me, the first protocol is phone the police and then shoot the dog. A, a great example uh, uh, a, a good mate of Archie had a, a dog worrying issue um, back before he made his big move to Butte where the same dog everyone knew they were doing it same dog coming out, the folk were just so ignorant they let them out in the back door and they break out the garden and away they went and the police took the dogs back to them same thing happened again so for me, absolutely yeah, you make that call to the to the police and if you have a like at that time I contacted someone who, who had a gun, gun license but they weren't available I don't have a gun license or a gun and I have absolutely no interest in, in getting one um, but if you have a gun yet your first thing well obviously phone the police uh, but then yeah shoot the dog 
for a lot in a lot of cases it's the only way to stop the dog you know like if you try and you'll never run over a dog with a quad bike like you might do enough to scare it but you're more likely to kill yourself trying to get a dog with a quad bike if you can get in and get close enough to take a shot then shoot the dog the important bit is the as you say it's where does the truth lie and i think that having good evidence and having reported it before you've done it is really you know it's 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 vital is to have that i shot this dog because it was doing this yeah first things phone the police next thing is even though you're trying to stop the dog i would still be taking my phone out and getting some footage of the dog even if it's as you're racing over the field towards it i would i would get even a few seconds footage of what the dog's doing and you know even if you can film yourself shooting the dog keeps you clear as well because it wouldn't be the first time some member of the public's watched a dog been shot and then saying he threatened me with that gun or he pointed that gun at me or you know he shot he shot the dog you know they'll run over to the dog after it's been shot he shot the dog whilst it was standing next to me i had a hold of the dog and then you're also like that's we're talking about shooting you know using the gun you have to be so careful with what you're doing you know when your blood's up you know, never be waving the gun about at anyone. Do not be shooting at a dog. If it's if if the owners try to get a hold of that dog, then shooting the dog is not an option. Like unless it's unless it's you know, two hundred meters away. You you know, shooting that dog is not an option. You have to see through the rage and think just common sense. You know, yes, you might lose some sheep here, but that doesn't justify shooting anywhere near a human being. So. And and I would, you know, call me um, devil's advocate. You know, if I was a police officer and I attended something and someone had taken a shot at a dog while it was near a person, I, would, I, would, I wouldn't have an issue charging them with reckless discharge or, or whatever the appropriate uh, charge is for that because that's just, it's madness. It's, 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 far, it's too reckless. It's far too reckless. The gun thing is just you have to keep yourself so right or you, you'll end up in bother. Yeah, and and that bother includes losing your guns. You know, if it, probably the the entry level issue is losing your license, and that that has implications for for later on in your career as well, or for future incidents as well. So it's they're there and they're, they're there to be used, but they're there, there to be used and or, or fully respected um, as well. So the other question, I suppose, is. You know, we've got our blood up. Where you know, or, or say you're in that position, you've got your blood up. Where do you stand as a policeman? So, what if you give somebody a kicking? What if somebody goes, "We've had a dog incident. We've had a proper fallout. The dogs, the dog is in the wrong, but the farmer has a expressed his disgust by using his fists. Where, where does he stand then? That's an assault. Yeah, I'd have not like being upset about something. Doesn't like, I've, you know, I was twelve years in the police. Like, I'd have no issues with charging. You know, be it a farmer or not, I still th- I would say that's wrong. You know, yeah, the person's in the and a lot of the time the person we go back to it. Like, yes, the person's in the wrong, but they didn't mean. You know, it's been a total. A lot of the time, it's a total accident. They're as hysterical as anyone, and you going over I find it hard I don't actually know how many situations there's been where the farmer has done that because it's hard to give it's hard to even when you're angry 
it's hard to then get into violence when the person is not showing violence back. Now, it's a different thing. Let's let's play a ridiculous scenario. Not a ridiculous scenario, a very a very likely scenario and one that actually does happen is you you shoot the dog. Then quite quite often the farmer is met with aggression from the dog owner. Um not always, sometimes you know, people understand or whatever. Or some folk are like, I'm not gonna run at that guy, he's just shot my dog, he's holding a gun. But <laughs> some some people uh, might approach with aggression. The first thing I'd be saying is get that gun unloaded, get the gun away out, get it in the vehicle, you know, don't be standing arguing and potentially getting into a fight with someone whilst you're holding a loaded gun. You know, uh, that's that's the first piece of advice. And secondly, like I don't I always say don't be throwing the first punch you know if, if somebody comes at you then absolutely defend yourself you know and I think that goes without saying I don't think there'd be many farmers would stand and take otherwise um, but if somebody comes at me with aggression the first thing I'm doing is pulling that phone out it's amazing how that can slow them down like you have a like if you're coming at someone intent on harm and bang there's a phone filming you acting like an idiot it totally changes your your mindset. And sometimes that could be enough just to defuse the whole situation. Or certainly not defuse the whole situation, but take violence out of the equation. Um, so that, that would be my advice in that situation. And certainly just, I think, to reiterate what you said, I mean, my, my experience of this has been exactly the, quite often families out walking a dog or a young couple or, there's not the, the mo- most common story isn't the bad guy with the, the you know the the guy your guy with a pack of wolves is a pretty rare yeah rare issue the the certainly the issue we've had and we we are fortunate we get a lot of people but they've all got to go to a bit of effort to get to us if to walk a couple of miles or they've to you know they've they're not just going out out the back door to go a bit of walk so we've probably got a different group of people a different demographic but still have that accidental dog incident from time to time and and certainly what we're saying i report gathering evidence and that, and that could even be evidence just for your own insurance you know that could just be for a saying here's what happened here's a deal if, if we've got it on on camera got it recorded it, it could be used for whatever purpose is required and and more often than not, there's not going to be a confrontation or a drama. Um, it's just emotions and um, and shock that this has happened. A, a, a big thing people need to remember in these situations, if you don't take any video evidence, most of the time, I mean, see if you have the option to go and you're going to these things and um, your wife or husband is there or an, a worker on the farm or anything, always take someone with you you know, just for backup and corroboration. Because if you just go over there and say even if you shoot the dog, right, and the guy's miles away, if he goes over to see his dog and stands by it and then he tells the police he shot that dog while it was at my feet, I had a hold of that dog, and you say, no, I didn't, it was attacking the sheep. What if the, the police turn up? Like I've been to... probably not exaggerating by saying thousands thousands where it's one person via another and you're just like well guys like I'm you know I'm no Jeremy Kyle I don't know how to work out who's telling the truth here you know it it, it's just two versions of events is all you've got you have no corroborating evidence 
you know, in Scots law, we work on uh, like corroboration, like two pieces of two pieces of evidence, or at the very least, circumstantial evidence to back up a, a statement. So, in that situation, you have two witnesses. If if we treat them both as witnesses at that point, because they're both alleging crimes, you have two witness statements saying totally different things. Like people give the police, a, oh, the police did nothing and this and that. <laughs> what are this? What are the police supposed to do with that? Do you, know, do you know what I mean? I we can use, you know, we there's other things you can do. I suppose you'd knock doors and door 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 to door. But usually, when you're out in a field, who's who's gonna corroborate? It's just the two of you. So if you've not at least taken footage of of the dog uh, attacking the sheep to to back you up and show there was nobody there, I shot the dog moments later. To me, that would be, you know, I, I put this phone down and shot the dog, at, which would make perfect sense to me. You know, you've taken a few seconds to 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 gather evidence. You've sat your phone down. You've shot the dog. That sounds like a a plausible timeline to me. This guy saying he shot the dog right next to me. I'm thinking, mm, not many. That's not a very usual outcome or something that would normally happen. So I'm going to lean towards, you know, the evidence that I have a video of the dog chasing the sheep. Nobody near it, and the farmer's statement. And that's that's another example of of how that can benefit you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What? So, if we look at prevention is better than cure, um, and we know the issue with engaging with the public and and a who you know are we ever speaking to the right people? The one question I wonder is the role of signage. So, see on gates and access points and places that people are going routinely. Is it worth and is there a liability issue worth putting? signs up saying please keep your dog in the lead or you know don't want to shoot your dog but you might force me to or is, do you think is there a, is there method is there is there a reason for or there's always a reason for doing it is it does it work or is it do you think it's wasting time I, I try to be an optimist about about most things in life as you know but to, to me do you know the best sign to put up to me and the one that I think works more than any other is Cows and young calves in field, dangerous to uh, dog walkers. Please be careful. Now, whether there's cows or young calves in that field, I know, doesn't matter. But that, to me, because everybody's seen the news about the walkers being trampled by cows, people are generally scared of cows. I mean, I'm scared of cows, and I've been on farms all my days. But people are generally scared of cows, and they think of, like... uh, they go their mind thinks Spain, you know, Spanish bullfighting and uh, you know, aggression in cattle, which we know is not the case. And ninety nine percent of of cattle, even cows with calves, are generally, you know, you can all, you can never be sure, but generally speaking, they're, they're quite good. But just putting that in their head, I think, is more effective than just saying, just being a farmer saying, put your dog in the lead, and they're like, farmer, like my dog's no good, anything, it's well trained. You're now changing that from them thinking about. It's not what the dog could do now they're worried about, it's what the cow could do to them. Which is a totally different dynamic and a totally different mindset for them. So they're no longer thinking they have control and it's as long as they control their dog, they're okay. They're now thinking, who's going to, you know, these cows, they're cows. You don't tell a cow what to do. If it comes and goes for me, I'm screwed. So they might think, do you know what? We could just walk over here rather than go through that field. Aye. The, the frustrating thing for me that the bit you mentioned it or that your your friend in the woods with the dogs he mentioned it 
was the right to roam. And I'm, it's so frustrating to hear it. You know, it was access legislation was 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 nicknamed the right to roam. They, they've got the right. They don't have the right to roam. They've got the right to responsible access. And for me, a dog owner has a lead and a wee bag at the side as well. And if they're not, if the dog's not in a lead and the dog and they're not tidying up after the dog, they have no right to access your land. Yeah, I, I tell you that. They changed that legislation slightly for the livestock worrying, but I tell you, they still missed a trick. They're still being far too soft because the legislation, and I actually quoted it wrongly in the very first video I did, because I said that dogs now have to be on a lead whilst in fields with livestock. But the actual wording of the legislation, which is absolutely ridiculous to me and something that I really, I probably should do more to try and see if they would do anything about it, but is the dog has to be on a lead or under close control. Now, that to me is a ridiculous statement because nobody can judge if a dog is under close control. That guy would say, you know, if I went up to that guy, the first time I was walking his dogs, he, he would have said those dogs were under close control. But one month later, obviously they weren't because they're now attacking my sheep. So for me as a police officer, and I've had this argument with some people who who gave me quite a hard time for, because for, they're like, I feel I should have the right to have my, like I couldn't believe they were arguing at the point with me that about that I was putting out a wrong message saying that they should be on a lead because like my dog is trained under close control blah 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 I don't need a lead it's like mate see if you're going through a field with livestock stick a lead on for two minutes or just don't go in a why are you going in a field with livestock anyway I, do, no, I, I tell you a true thing Rod, I don't know if you feel this way Tay I would feel I don't know if I, I, I would feel certainly very very self-conscious walking through another farmer's field with sheep or livestock if I had no right you know if I didn't if he didn't know I was going to be there yeah like to me I would be like like this isn't right you know like I'm disturbing this guy's sheep or whatever for absolutely no reason other than I have the right to roam like I don't know if you would feel that way like it's uh, I would be thinking up stories in my head as to oh, what's my excuse for being in here if I get pulled up um, but certainly, so it's a different mentality these, these folk have I think the thing for us though is if you know if I'm walking through your sheep I'm clearly there for a nosy you know I'm just clearly want to see what the bit you don't film on the sheep game really looks like what the rest yeah. of it you know yeah aye you'll never find a lame sheep with me no. um, but uh, <laughs> no uh, in terms of the right I'd love to see legislation changed tweaked again that the dog has to be in a lead then it's black and white because see for me as a police officer and, and I'm biased now, now most police officers are overworked far too they've no time to do anything that's an absolute fact they're so understaffed but for me as a police officer if, if I turned up to um, an instance a farmer had phoned me saying there was someone in their field with a dog off the lead which I would still say is a, a justified reason to phone the police if you have somebody in your field with a dog off the lead I would say you should be phoning the police and then I go up to that person and say for me as a police officer if I came to that I would be, I would be looking depending on the person you've got to judge the person you know if it's a primary th you know if you speak to them and they get in a panic and didn't realize they were doing wrong that's fine education they know better now you know fine well they're never going to do it again if i approach them in their right to roam eh, i can take my dog where i like and blah 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 you know all this part um i would charge them with not having control of that dog 
and and they would hit me with, "Oh, I've got this dog under close control, and that." And I'd say, "You might think that, but I have no way to prove that to be true." And it's not for me. It's not for the police. This is one thing folk need to remember as well. It's not for the police to decide if someone's guilty or not. It's for the court. So I would be charging that person with the offence and reporting the circumstances to the procurator fiscal. It's then up to the. It's actually then up to that person to prove in court that that dog's under close control. And don't I don't know how they do that, but you know I would then cite uh, Cami Wilson versus uh, versus the world. Uh, this example of a person using the exact words: "These dogs are under control." One month later, they're not. So it's the exact same scenario. You know, they, they use a, a big thing in laws, use stated cases where the same, um, maybe unusual circumstances arisen and they can use that either as a defense or for prosecution. I'd be using it for prosecution that you're saying your dog's under close control, as did this guy, and then they attack the sheep. It's the same scenario. Prove, prove or show me something that's different about this situation. And don't get me wrong, if they can, you know, if they could show you this dog's been to you know, trained with a professional dog handler and, you know, it's recalls unbelievable and it can do X, Y, and Z. I would say fair enough, that's a fairly good example. If they just show you it going, come here, come here, Bessie, and it runs up to them, that, that doesn't prove anything. Do you know what I mean? It's a difficult thing to prove. So I, I would, if I see a dog off the lead in a field, and don't get me wrong, I would, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm being harsh here, I would always go to the person first. And if it is a genuine person who's just daft, and they're like, oh, sorry, sorry, I'll get them in the lead now and away. That's fine. That's that's fine. You know, there's no need to be involved in the police. If I speak to them, they go right to Rome. I'll take my dog where I like. It doesn't need a lead. I'll be phoning the police. My two favourite ones are when you get question number one, do you think you own the place? When you ask someone to put their dog back in the lead and the answer to that is yes. And then the a question number two or, or statement number two is, but your dog's not in the lead. Ah, oh, <laughs> I have always struggled to come, but there is no real comeback with that one other than the fact that it's my dog, my place, and it's fully under close control. But uh, we'll not get, we'll not dwell on those ones just now. I'm conscious of your time, Cammy. I know you'll have plenty other things on this evening. Uh, that's been a really, really interesting chat. But probably just to leave us, I think, what what are the the key points so we've covered an awful lot of stuff we've probably uh, it's not like you or I to be a wee bit long-winded so I mean you've got my blood right up I actually can feel my heart rate up just talking about this because I get so like it makes me so angry even just thinking about uh, dog attacks but I think so let's be being proactive to the farmer who's experiencing a dog attack what are what do we do what's the process so for me if it's uh, I tell you a big thing and maybe I wasn't quite clear enough for this you know, do not have any fears about going up to someone and getting your camera out and filming them. Like, bear in mind, bear in mind a lot of time they're on your land. So, so they, if they don't like being filmed on your land, they can leave your land. Like, it's not like you're pinning them there and making some film. Like, it's the most ridiculous thing when folk are like, oh, you know, you can't film me or this and that. And yeah, so... If they don't like it, they can leave. And sometimes, you know, I tell you something, and people listening to this will be able to relate. People don't like being filmed. You know, it's hard enough getting farmers like yourself, Robert, to come on the sheep game at times. But uh, never mind when, like, all of a sudden you bring the camera out, folks start thinking, 
oh god this is going to go on a facebook forum or this is going to be a viral video or he's going to slander me on social media and they think oh no i don't want this let's go elsewhere and if they're getting met with that regularly when they come near you that actually could be a really good way to to stop them coming so yeah the first thing i'd be saying is do that one is a deterrent and two as a way of collating evidence because sometimes with dog attacks or quite often with dog attacks the owners know where to be seen so if you can look back you know if you see somewhere like robert does and you've got 20 of these videos you can look back and see right that was that big uh, alsatian there that looks just like that same collar because this dog i got had the exact same collar as well ideal i know it was that person there give that to police they've got something to work on but yeah you get the you, you get the footage of them collect evidence where you can use your your camera as a deterrent where you can never be afraid to to get the phone out you don't even need to i mean for me like farmers are bad at saying don't come here or don't come in don't do this don't do that like trying to tell people what to do when actually a lot of the time they do have the right to be there as annoying as it is so i would just be kill them with kindness it's a thing that confuses people you approaching them and filming them but staying calm like i did with that guy if anybody's seen the video i'm just like no like i appreciate your dogs haven't done anything just now but this is me collecting evidence because at some point they will and that's the way to keep it don't be aggressive you know be kill them with kindness confuse them a bit just say listen i understand you're not breaking any laws just now but this dog's off the lead and at some point there's a high likelihood that this dog will attack my sheep as if a previous instance of this i'm now collating evidence of owners and their dogs uh, who are on my land and i'm saving this for the police when it might be required some part along those lines and just stand and film them and don't be af- don't you know don't be afraid to walk alongside them or you know keep your distance you know you've got to remember <laughs> they have the right to be there don't be getting in their face keep your distance film them for a few meters away and like it's amazing how people don't like <laughs> been out there walk with the dog off the lead and somebody walking along filming them for five minutes it's amazing how that'll make them think do you know what i'm just gonna go home so so that's that's one way to approach it if it's an ongoing attack like i said you should be looking to phone the police first next most important thing is stopping the attack um and don't be wrong if if like for me i had time to phone the police you know i will say actually it, it's not it's even for a 999 is a time consuming thing um for me if you're right there and you don't have time to do it you know if it's happening right in front of you or you come across it never you know you don't have time to do that it takes too long they ask stupid questions that annoy the life out of me um oh i i'll not get started that but anyway so first thing is then you know threat to life as we said before number one priority do what you can to stop this attack happening get the phone out get some evidence of it of the attack happening even better if you can see where the owner is get a shot of them if you have a gun shoot the dog in a safe way of course keeping yourself right all the time if you don't have a gun you do what you can to stop that dog then if you haven't already phone the police like don't try and sort out yourself get the police there 999 don't be fair to use 999 in that kind of situation and yeah it's easy to say because i didn't keep calm you're not going to keep calm but just keep yourself right. Don't get aggressive. Get as much of it on video as you can. If you take someone with you, they should have the phone. There was a good one the other day. I, I, I could talk about this all day, Robert. Sorry, it's going to be a two-hour podcast. But there was a great one the other day. You might have seen it going viral. The the guy standing in front of the combine harvester because the steward after the combine 
had got on his sam. He was having a tea party out his back door, and the steward was getting in the drinks and stuff. Did you see that? No, I didn't. And this madman, yeah, madman, clearly quite well dressed, well spoken, was standing in front of this combine. You know, farmer doing his job, just standing, arms crossed, and. The farmer had obviously phoned his, I'm assuming, I shouldn't, you should, should never assume, his partner or his mother or whoever it was, his sister. Uh, this lady came down and she had someone with her and she says, the, the person on the, holding the phone was filming and said, what should I do? And she says, just keep filming. And do you know what? That was a great thing she said because no matter what happens from now, you've got this evidence to keep you right. And she approached the guy, was very calm, said, come away from there, it's very dangerous, what are you doing? And this guy made himself look an absolute tit, going on a, a rant about his sandwiches or something <laughs> ridiculous. And that's how, you know, like, obviously farmers got up on it going, absolutely ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. But I thought they did a great thing where she was like, keep that phone going no matter what. And that's what I'd be saying to folk, you know, don't feel the need to, to you holding that camera, it might feel like you're standing doing nothing. Uh, as Lizzie sometimes feels when I'm asking her to film me doing things for the sheep game but I'm like that is such an important thing like that is is such an important thing to have that person there so don't feel as as you would feel you know you're standing just holding the phone when all this is going on but that is so vital to, to what happens after the fact so if you can do that clear evidence don't assault anyone defend yourself need be and you know if in doubt drop me a message I don't even be, I can't even reply to all the messages I get, but I do, you know, I try my best to get to some and I get questions, this kind of thing. And I always try and help people and, and give advice the best I can. I can't really think of another situation where I, you know, I quite, I get furious. Like there's nothing really bothers me, but that, you know, like, yeah, like shaking with, with anger and it's hard to keep your head clear and be sensible. Yeah. It's a kind of thing. It's a, it's a prime example of something we probably don't talk about enough. You know, we talk about in a this has happened context, but I think it's the, you know, what should we do? You know, advice, advice from you, advice from us, whoever. But even talking about it in the pub with people, just talking of talking to other farmers, talking to people, what's the process? What happens? What's your experience? What happened? Who did what? You know, there's no stigma about talking about this. You know, it's it's something that I think we all need to engage in more and and if the legislation is not right you know if there's if the legislation like you cammy i'm really pleased to see that new legislation in place and we've done something about it but if there's more to be done we need to make a bit of noise about it you know we need to have that conversation at a low and at a high level and see if we can get this momentum that's gathered up behind the livestock worrying a story can we actually make it, can it push us further down the road and get us in an even better place? No, absolutely. For me, it just it just leaves this grey area for both the farmer and the police where you turn up and this close control phrase, you know, it's just like, it's just a wee bit of a grey area that's, uh, yeah, it just makes it, it makes it hard for both parties and also, I suppose it leaves this wee loophole for people to, these really ignorant people who, know their rights <laughs> how dare they how dare they know their rights uh, these people that know their rights and just love to push them to the limit so yeah, yeah. get a life <laughs> <laughs> on that note Cammy, uh, thank you very much that's been amazing really really good stuff uh, I'm conscious totally conscious of your time and also conscious I'm next on the list to get my lambs clipped so uh, the more talking we do here the later that's going to be so uh, a big thank you to you and, and really just 
good luck to everything you're doing. You know, it's been amazing to see the sheep game growing and, and also from a personal point of view, seeing your business grow as well. And uh, hopefully we'll see lots more positive and progress going forward. So uh, good luck to you and thank you very much for your time. Cheers, Robert. Thank you. If you enjoyed listening to Stock Talk, you may enjoy some of our other podcasts, such as Crofting Matters, which is a 12-part monthly show that discusses all things crofting in Scotland, including livestock management. You may also enjoy our new podcast, Agriculture, which tells the stories of some interesting and influential people in the agricultural industry. Just search Crofting Matters or Agriculture wherever you get your podcasts from.